Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will continue in the book of Revelations, which is the last book of the Bible uh, found in the New Testament. And we will be using the NIV, New International Version. And we will be in chapter 10. And the topic on chapter 10 is, or the title, is the angel and the little scroll. So what I've been doing is uh, reading uh, reading the text uh, from the Bible. And then when I finish that, which this here is um, 11 verses that we're going to go through. It's a short chapter. And then I will go to Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the Bible, which will reveal... Uh, which reveals what the symbolism is and what we're about to read. So that way it makes it easier. Okay, so before we get started there, I always like to read uh, what the Bible is, why we can trust the Bible. And uh, this, and I found this on one of Dr. Roki, uh, Fody Bacham's uh, YouTube channels. And it's very, very good. In fact, he was instructed in the class when he gave this. Because um, he he also is a, he's a dean of a seminary college in uh, somewhere in Africa. They started like a brand new one. And but he goes back and forth. He's from here. In fact, he lives in Texas. And uh, so he just goes back and forth. You know, spends a little time there and come back here and stuff. Um, so anyways, and so I, I found this to be very, very beneficial and helpful. So I'm going to go ahead and do this first. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's why we can trust the Bible. Right there, and it's also good. Uh, this is good uh, apologetics, so which means defending your faith, defending the Bible. Which actually, God doesn't need defending, and the Bible don't. But we're supposed to be um, about our Father's business, and we're supposed to be witnessing and and also to know the Word of God. So when we're challenged, we have an answer for people of why we believe what we believe, and it's. Really great if you're if you're in school, whether a middle school, high school, or college, and you know you have uh, professors that are instructors, professors, teachers, whatever, who may always you know bring up who may not believe in God or the Bible, and who like to bring it up and um, constantly downplay the Bible and God and, and kind of mock it. So now you have a way of defending the Bible and making them think. Okay, so let's go ahead and start reading out of the NIV, New International Version, which I use this just to make it simple. Uh, my number one favorite is King James, like the New King James ver uh, Version also, and there's other good ones. All, the ones that I've been that I read in the NIV is directly translated from other regional uh, Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic by a, a committee of scholars, and that's why you can trust it. And also you have the, there's there's quite a bit of them actually. You have like, um, uh, 
the New Living Translation, and, and there's a couple others that's good too. But anyway, so let's go ahead and start reading in Revelation chapter 10, verse 1. Okay, the title again is The Angel and the Little Scroll. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillars, verse 2. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke, verse 4. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Now remember, all this symbolism and stuff, because uh, that's just how they did it uh, back then in that day uh, in the early church. And um, so like when I get through reading this, then I'll go to um, the Matthew Henry's concise a commentary on the whole Bible, which explains all of that. Okay. Verse 5, Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven. Verse 6, And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay, verse 7, but in the days when the seventh, seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Verse 8, Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me once more, Go. Take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. Verse 9, so I went to the angel and asked him to give me a little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. Verse 10, I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tastes as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Verse 11, Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. And we're going to stop there. That's the last verse, verse 11. Now, now I want to go over to commentary let me read that so we can understand what we're reading that's why these commentaries are so important okay okay this is uh, chapter 10 verses 1 through 7 in the commentary of Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible and he lived during the 1700s, and he wrote this and everything. Remember, what we're reading now is the standard stuff. You know, they understood the Bible. They knew they had all the meaning because they were also taught Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And so, so they could take it ex directly from 
of the original writings and stuff like that, you know. Which some places still teach it, but very few. But there it was just commonplace to, like, everybody learned that. So they could understand the Bible because they they treasure they treasured and um, they they loved the Bible. Okay, so this is chapter ten, verse one through seven, in the, uh, the commentary. Uh, the apostle saw another representation. The person communicating this discovery probably was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or it it was a display of His glory. He veils His glory, which is too great for the mortal eyes. To behold, and throws a veil upon his dispensations. A rainbow was upon his head. Our Lord is always mindful of his covenant. Remember, the rainbow means covenant. Um, we first saw the rainbow with um, uh, Noah and the ark. And he said at the end that was a covenant between him and Noah that, that he would not flood the earth again, but do it another way. Okay, let's get back to the reading. His awful voice was echoed by seven thunders, Solomon and uh, excuse me, Solomon and terrible ways of discovering the mind of God. Or solemn, that is, solemn and terrible ways of discovering the mind of God. We know not the subjects of the seven thunders, nor the reasons. For suppressing them, there are great events in history, perhaps relating to Christ, the Christian Church, which are not mentioned in the um, open prophecy, the final salvation of the righteous, and the final success of true religion on earth, are engaged for by the unfailing word of the Lord. Though the time may not be yet, it cannot be far distant. Very soon, as to us, time will be no more. But if we are believers, a happy eternity will follow. We shall from heaven behold and rejoice in the, the triumph of Christ and his cause on earth. Okay, chapter 10, verses 8 through 11. Most men feel pleasure in looking into the future events, and all good men like to receive a word from God. But when this book of prophecy was thoroughly digested by the apostle, the contents would be bitter. There were things so awful and terrible, such grievous persecutions of the people of God, such desolations in the earth, that the foresight and foreknowledge of them would be painful to his mind. Let us seek to be taught by Christ and to obey his orders, daily meditating on his word, that it may nourish our souls and then declaring it according to our several stations. The sweetness of such Contemplations will often be mingled with bitterness while we compare the scriptures with the state of the world and the church, or even with that our own hearts. So remember, the majority of this was during that time, like we've discussed before. And you can read about, uh, it's, called, it's called the Olivet Discourse. You can find it in not only Matthew, but Mark and Luke. But in Matthew, you can find it in Matthew 24, 25, and it, where, where Jesus tells the disciples what's to come. But he was talking about, like, some of them there would be there to witness it. So it's not, there wasn't a distant, distant future, but it was going to be a not-so-distant 
future, which happened in 70 AD, when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem, they literally burned, uh, burned the stones down and everything and crumbled it. And um, that, that's just, just, just how it was, because that was the, that was destroying the old test, uh, destroying the old covenant, and now we're in the new covenant. Plus, remember now, uh, the Jewish people at that time, uh, mostly the leaders, the religious Pharisees and Sadducees and all like that, they rejected Christ. They didn't. They refused to believe that he was the Messiah, or he was the one to come that they were waiting for, because they were looking. They were looking worldly. They were. They wanted to be delivered from the Romans and all this stuff. And even though he did all the miracles and all this stuff, and they saw it, they still rejected it, which was the same as when God delivered delivered him from Egypt. And he opened the sea, and he fed him with manna and all this kind of stuff. They seen all these miracles and the the pillar of fire that would follow him at night, and then, um, then you know the protection they had, you know, all the time, daytime, nighttime, whatever. But they seen all these things, and still, they like they just kept going back. Well, we, every time something didn't go the way, they want to go back to Egypt and be slaves again, you know, and. Uh, so the Lord said to Moses, they were stiff-necked people. But, you know, we're all about the same now. It's about the same thing. You know, people are, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, people are uh, uh, stiff-necked and everything like that. So, it's just amazing. It's amazing how things work out. Now, um, so, it's getting these... Uh, Getting this particular commentary is really good. It's one of the better, better ones I've found. You know, not only just for Revelations, but for all the books, it breaks it down for you where you can understand it better. And that's Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary of the Whole Bible. Um, and also, I would suggest you getting Flavius Josephus. Uh, it's the complete writings of Josephus. Uh, he was a Jewish... Um, Jewish and military historian during that time of 70 AD when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and he, and he literally described how bad things really were at that particular time and all that, all that tribulation they were going through that it speaks about in Revelations and all throughout the Bible. But especially in Revelations, it really brings it out. All right, so let me read you some scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived in either the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, ESV. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire, and sulfur, which is the second death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, ESV, English Standard Version. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, NIV, our New International Version. I'll 
All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now I'm going to read you some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, the King James Version. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, with the mouth confession made salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So in the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, why do we need to be saved? Because we all, we're all guilty. We all have broken God's moral law. Uh, God's moral laws of the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? Uh, that would be of the tenth, uh, the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness, which means don't lie. We've all lied, and all you have to do is break one of the commandments. It don't matter if you're a child or whatever when you did it, then you're guilty. That's why we all need Christ because we can't save ourselves. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? Uh, that would be the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. So Jesus said we committed adultery in the hearts already. Um, have you ever stolen anything? doesn't matter if you borrowed a paper clip, never bring it back, borrowed a pen, never bring it back. doesn't matter how much it's worth. It's the intent. Remember, God's standards are very, very high, and ours are very, very low. So that's the eighth commandment. You shall not steal. Um, have you ever hated anyone? According to the sixth commandment, uh, that says you shall not murder. Jesus says if you've hated someone, you've already committed murder in your heart. So you see how high God's standards are? We're all guilty. So if God was to judge you by these Ten Commandments, uh, would you be innocent or guilty? We would be guilty. Would it be heaven or hell? It would be hell for everlasting torment because of our sins and our disobedience to God. So, what do we do? Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you're on a plane and it's about to crash, somebody gives you a parachute, you're gonna hold on to that parachute because it's gonna save you from the jump to come. Jesus will save you from the judgment to come. So what do you do? You come with a sorrowful, contrite heart. You repent of your sins. That means ask God for forgiveness and then turn away from sin. Don't keep doing it or strive not to do it, you know, with his help. And then you, you put your trust in Christ alone because we can't save ourselves. And from that point, when you put your trust in Christ and you ask for forgiveness, which is repentance. And so that means that you want to turn away from all that. God will help you to do that. You know, we go to fail and do things wrong or whatever, but we keep repenting and we keep trucking on. The main thing is to start reading the Bible daily without fail to start doing what it says. Find a good Bible-believing teaching church to go to so you can learn more of the Bible, be disciple, and also start getting involved in helping others and and because you'll find it's very satisfying. Not that it's going to save you, but it's good to, to do that. Salvation comes through Jesus. He did the whole work on the cross. When he was on there, right before he died, he said, it is finished. That means the payment was made. It was a one-time payment for all humanity For that now we can come through faith believing. So we can't do anything, right? It's just faith believing. But once you become a Christian, then we should start helping others or whatever. Um, 
because when you find yourself helping others, you don't have time to find sin and stuff, you know, or to get into new sins or whatever the case may be, or to, to fall into, you know, some bad situations. It's kind of like, you know, you are what you hang around. So if you hang around all the godly people or those that have been, who became Christians and stuff, and they've been Christians for a while, you can learn and get strong. But the, the main thing is to read the Bible daily just like you eat. Just like you eat regular meals every day, you got to do the Bible the same way because the more you get it into you, the better it is for you, and you'll start seeing a major change in your life. Now, I'm going to give you resources. Okay, here's a good teacher you can find on YouTube. And some on Rumble, mainly on YouTube. And I'll give you the, web, the websites too. Great teachers and great videos. I'd encourage you. R.C. Spro, Ligonier Ministries and, and YouTube. Um, you just you can put R.C. Spro uh, in your search engine and it'll pump them up. Uh, Dr. Vody Bacham, same thing, YouTube, and just put them on, just put them in a search engine and pop them up. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken, Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis.org. Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com. And he talks about, he goes over American Christian history and it's fantastic. Dr. Walter Morton, waltermorton.org. Great teacher. Or he was. He, um, he died back in the, I think, mid to late 80s. Great teacher. I've learned a lot myself. Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin, ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, and Studios, S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. You can also listen to the audio on Apple Podcasts, but you can go on to, to Pastor Jeff Durbin's website, and, and uh, Dr. Greg Boston was a great Bible professor, and uh, he taught for many years, and when he when he died, uh, the family collected all of his audio teachings, which was a lot, and donated them all, all to Apology of Stewards to remaster it. And you now can go onto the website and put on and put in the website search engine, Dr. Greg Boston or Boston U. It'll pop it up, and you can get a free seminary education. How great is that? I, um, I listen to him also. It's very good. Okay, here's some other good. Oh. Before I get that, let me tell you where you can find Bible Education Institute with Reverend Henry Kelly or just Bible Education Institute. And you can find it on Listen Notes, Luminary Podcast, Player FM, uh, HeliumRadio.com, Helium Radio Network, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. I think they took, uh, they took Stitcher. Uh, they, um, Stitcher's no longer now, so you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Pod, Podcast Addict, and others. Which is great. And also the other, um, some more good teachers, along with the ones I've already given you, um, is, okay, oh yeah, and also you can find us, I forgot about these other ones, uh, Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, and Gab. Okay, the other, and the good teachers, again, some of them I already gave to you. Dr. R.S.B. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries. Um, Dr. Vody Bacham. Dr. James White, he's on YouTube also. Pastor Joe Webin, Right Response Ministries, very good. And all these you can find on YouTube. 
Um, Doug Wilson, Gary DeMore, and Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologia Studios. And if you need books and stuff, I get my most of my stuff from Abe Books, ABE Books, Thrift Books, Amazon, and Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S. Or you can put the name of a book you want, just put it on your search engine. If it's Google, it'll pop up the different places you can find them at, different websites. Uh, also, you can go to TCT Network Online, just put in your search engine, and go to uh, go to on-demand programs. You can find Faith and History with William Federer, and he gives you all of church history. It's fantastic. It's really interesting. They used to have Daniel, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin on. He takes and he. He had a thing called Jewish wisdom, or ancient Jewish wisdom was about the Old Testament. He taught the Old Testament. It was very interesting. Uh, but he's not on there longer, but you can find him on uh, RabbiDanielLappin.com. And his wife, Susan, has uh, a, I think it's a blog called Musings. Very interesting. And you can find them on YouTube also. Very good. Very instructional, actually. And so remember, till next time, read the Bible daily without failing, do what it says.